friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and I am glad to be back here for another episode of this podcast. It's been really nice for me to get back into consistently creating episodes after taking a little break, so I'm glad that I get to be doing this again. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about thinking like a scientist in your business and removing your emotional response from the results of your business. I have been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. Um, I love podcasts, actually, obviously. That is part of my uh, motivation in creating this podcast, especially when I first got started, was because I love to listen to podcasts so much, and I felt like it was a really good medium to talk to people, and I just love podcasts, honestly. I think that they're great, and I listen to them all the time especially since I got my AirPods for Christmas and so I don't have wires everywhere, which is awesome. Um, So anyway, I was listening to a podcast episode recently while I was driving around and this was a podcast episode by Tyler J. McCall um, who does a lot of um, podcasts and information and stuff online about online marketing. So he was talking in this episode about thinking like a scientist in your business and that this was something that had helped him as he was developing his business along the way. And it really inspired me to talk about this with you guys because I think it's something that I have gotten better at over the years, um, but that is something that people struggle with a lot, especially in the earlier days when you maybe are not feeling quite as confident about your business or confident um, in yourself as a business owner. So one of the main things or sort of the outcomes of not thinking like a scientist or the antithesis of what we're talking about is, and it's something that I see people struggle with a lot, It's really internalizing their success or their failure in business or even their fear of failure in business as a reflection of them as a human being. Now, I think that probably if you broke this down with people and you said, like, do you think that if you fail as an Etsy shop owner, you are a worthless human being? (laughs) People would say, no, obviously not. I mean, hopefully nobody thinks that. However, I think that in terms of having the confidence to move forward and the grit and the resiliency to continue when things are hard and when things don't immediately have the outcome that you're wanting from them or they don't immediately have that success or not even immediately, but as quickly as you would like to have that success and that celebration and you know that those wins that you're looking for in your business, that they do internalize it even if it's not a conscious thing, even if they're not saying 
Um, you know, this is not happening for me as quickly as I want because I'm a terrible person and I'm never going to win. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think that that is probably that it, that it's that blatant and obvious, but I think that that subliminal messaging is there in your head when you're looking at it and you're saying um, subconsciously that if things are not successful right away or they're not successful as quickly as you want, or they're not as successful as you want, that it's always going to be that way. And that it's hard to see past that point to say, this is just where I am right now, but this isn't my stopping point. It's just a point along the way in my journey. And that that um, kind of internalization of that success or that failure or the slowness of the growth or whatever becomes a stumbling block in terms of moving forward in business and getting to that place that you want to be later on. So part of thinking like a scientist is doing sort of the opposite of that. So if you think about um, how a scientist approaches an experiment or research or whatever, they have this idea, this hypothesis that they're going to test. You know, X, Y, and Z is going to happen if X, Y, and Z is done. And then they move forward with that and they test it and they test it and they test it and they look at the results and they test it on a broader scale. And then they look at whether or not it worked. And if it did work, then great. They keep moving forward with that. They see how that, you know, how that changes things and how they can apply that to things. If it did not work, they don't say, I'm a horrible person. I don't know anything and I suck at this job. They change their hypothesis or they disprove their hypothesis. And then they move forward, coming up with a new hypothesis and testing it and doing the whole same thing. Wash, rinse, repeat, etc. The application to us, I mean, most of us are not scientists. I certainly am no scientist. That was my least favorite subject in school. Um, the application as an Etsy shop owner and a business owner, though, is that if you put something up there that doesn't sell or you start an Etsy shop and it doesn't work out right away, it doesn't mean that you're a failure as a human being. It doesn't mean that your products are terrible and you're not cut out for this and it's never gonna work. And it also doesn't mean that those particular products are not ever going to sell or that the item is absolute garbage, people hate you, they hate the product, you're a failure at business and we're never gonna go anywhere with this. People get frustrated so quickly with their Etsy shops and they honestly don't even give it a chance to succeed before they give up and they throw up their hands in the air and they say it's not working and it's never gonna work and this is too hard, there's too much saturation. All of these things that I've talked about a lot in the Facebook group, I did a whole week of Etsy myth busting with things like that, there's too much saturation. There's too much going on on Etsy. It's too hard. It's too complicated, blah, 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 blah. There is so much noise on the internet and on social media and kind of just everywhere these days with people showing you, you know, their success and their behind the scenes and their glamour shots of what it looks like as a business owner and as a successful business owner. There are so many people out there singing about their successes and how easy it is and all these things that make it seem if you are not in that place or if you're just getting 
getting started and you're feeling like this is not easy, it's not really paying off, it's not moving forward in the way that I want it to, that that you're never gonna be able to get there or that you're doing something wrong because it's not coming as easily to you or you're not having that same kind of success. I try really, really hard not to add to that noise, although I am sure that there are times that I unintentionally do, but I try to be very, very transparent about the fact that building a successful online business is not easy. It's simple to get started, but it's not easy. I, these days, work about 10 hours a week in my business or maybe a little bit less, but I am almost nine years into business, which is like decades in online space. (laughs) That is like lifetimes on the internet. And there were years and years and years of working 30, 40, 50 hours a week where I was working and answering messages and getting orders out and getting orders organized and everything like with every spare moment of my time. I did not hire my first part-time employee to help me do the monogramming until last year, which was eight and uh, seven, sorry, seven and a half years into my business. So seven and a half years of being in business, I did every single aspect of the business myself. And now I do have a part-time employee that helps me with the monogramming and that is fantastic and it's amazing. And it has allowed me so much more um, ability to balance, to have balance in my life. But you are looking, when I talk about my business and I talk about where I am in business now, this is a an eight and a half years, it'll be nine in September, and you know, point in the future of where I started from. And it looks so dramatically different than what it looked like when I started, which I'm gonna do kind of a behind the scenes look on a different podcast episode. That is not the point of this one. So I just wanna say that to say that um, I think that you really have to weed through the noise and pay attention to the people that you're following and that you're listening to and the messages that you're internalizing when you look at those successes, um, if it is not motivating to you and it is instead discouraging or sort of triggering in the way that it feels like it is a reflection of your failure if you are not having that same kind of success, then really think about paring down the people that you're following, the voices that you're hearing, um, and, and focusing in on what you're doing and where you're going with it. So let's talk about applying that scientific method to your Etsy business and approaching things from a less emotional, less internalizing point so that you can sort of objectively look at what you're doing and see where you wanna go with it. So let's think about our hypothesis with business. When we start an Etsy shop, we have an ingrained hypothesis in what we're doing. What are we gonna sell? What is going to sell? What are people going to like of the items that I have made or of the items that I'm capable of making? Who is gonna be buying these items and why are they gonna be buying them? We have sort of this idea usually that you know, when I got started, I'm going to be creating burp cloths and bibs that people are going to be buying for their own baby 
who, you know, probably a pregnant woman going to be buying these items for her own baby before the baby gets here. Then you put it up in your Etsy shop. If it works and it takes off, then great. You've proven your hypothesis. That is what people want. You understand who's looking for them. You understand what they're looking for and why they're buying them. Look at your stats and analytics. You can see what you're selling, how people are searching for them, and potentially look at those items and expand on them. Where else can you create along those same lines that will help your business to expand in that same niche? But if it doesn't sell, then let's go back to the drawing board. Maybe it's a problem with the hypothesis. Maybe this item is not really going to sell. Maybe there's not demand for it. Maybe people are not searching for that kind of item and there is not a market demand. Or maybe it's just that it needs a little bit of modification to make it more relevant. How can you make it more trendy? Or how can you use words to describe it that make it more trendy? How can you join a trend wave that can get some eyeballs on your products and allow you to get found in the Etsy search by sort of latching onto a trend that is upcoming? If you wanna hear more about that in sort of um, a different look or a different viewpoint on how to do that, I would really recommend the episode Um, trending and adapting for digital downloads, I believe was what it was called. Um, There was a guest on there who talked about creating invitations for birthday parties and adapting and modifying and pivoting as the trends for birthday parties and parties changed and as different things got popular or then waned. If something is working in your shop and then all of a sudden it isn't working anymore, look at what changed. Like I just talked about with the birthday invitations, these things ebb and flow. There are things that become really, really popular and then they fade out. Even within each niche or each category, there are things that are more popular, there are trends, there are colors and patterns and designs and animals and styles and words and all of these things that trend up more um, popularly and then it fades away and new things replace it. So think about how the market has adapted. Is there more competition? Are trends changing? One of the ways I saw this happen in my own shop earlier um, when I was getting started, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it was Rainbow Chevron. Riley Blake Rainbow Chevron fabric was like all the rage in 2012 (laughs) when I got started. There was, was a very specific fabric and it was super, super popular. I had a ton of listings that had this Rainbow Chevron fabric and they sold great. Then all of the sudden, they didn't sell great anymore. They weren't as popular. The Chevron trend went away, thankfully, because I was so sick of Chevron. That's a a different story. Um, So the Chevron thing kind of went away and there was not that demand anymore. If I had not been willing to adapt to the different demands of the marketplace and I dug in my heels and I said, no, I am going to sell Rainbow Chevron forever and I am going to figure out how to make this popular again. Or alternatively, if I had said, I don't know what's happening with my shop, 
these things used to sell so great and now they're not and I'm so frustrated and I'm never gonna be able to sell anything else and I'm giving up because this item used to sell and now it's not and I hate online business and I'm done. I never could have moved forward with either one of those mindsets. Part of being a business owner and particularly I would say an online business owner because things happen in like warp speed with change and adaptation is to stay fluid in what you are offering and what your sort of niche market is within what you have. If you dig in your heels and you say, the only thing I am willing to create is farmhouse decor or rainbow chevron baby gifts or shiplap or rose gold or whatever. This is the only thing I'm going to do. I am only going to make unicorn birthday get birthday invitations and I am not going to look at new trends and new fads and new popularity. You are going to get stuck in that market and it is going to be almost impossible for you to move forward. So part of that scientific thinking is to see where are things changing? Where are they moving? What direction are we heading? Anticipating the future demands of the market that you're in and the future trends and the future popularity of the market that you're in so that you can stay ahead of it. And that means that it is ongoing work and it is constantly looking at things, seeing where you can improve, seeing where things are changing and making those changes, testing them, looking at your analytics, looking at your year over year sales, and then moving forward and adapting and changing. And it is this constant movement of your business and almost like a like think of your business as like a life form or like a jelly blob that like moves and ebbs and changes shape all the time. It means that your business is probably not going to look exactly the same a year later or a year from now as it does right now. And it probably doesn't look exactly the same as it looked a year ago, hopefully. Being able to make those changes and take away your emotions or take away your attachment to your success within exactly what you have right now and exactly what you're creating right now and look at it objectively to say, how can I take, like I'm not saying, I don't want, sorry, I'm interrupting myself here. I don't want you to take this to say, you just have to latch onto a fad or a trend and not be true to your own style or your own vision for what you want to create and what you are good at creating. But what I want you to do is to be able to take those fads and those trends and those popular ideas and utilize that within your own style and utilize that within your business and apply it to the products that you're making and the items that you're listing and wanting to grow with in your style and in your vision. I could create a monogrammed baby quilt that look that is almost identical to somebody else's monogrammed baby quilt. There's only so many ways to monogram things, but my style of photography might be different or my style of gift wrapping might be different or the font that I chose or the placement of the monogram or the um you know the way that the the monogram is laid out on the quilt and how it's folded to show it off. And all of those things are different. So, and that is like a very basic example because 
it is a very basic product. If you have something that is more intricate and more handcrafted, then obviously that ability to do that and to look at what you're doing and adapt things to that is even greater. So as you're thinking about moving forward in your business and you're thinking about how you can step into this business and create something that sells consistently and adapts and changes and grows and all of those things in your business, I also just want to really hammer down into the removing your own um, self-worth or your vision for how you see yourself from those results. At the end of the day, honestly, part of what I like about having an online business, but something that is exceptionally true about online business is that at the end of all of it, you shut your computer and you live in your real life. Your real life is not living and breathing and dying with or without the success of your Etsy shop. Your Etsy shop and my Etsy shop is a piece of my overall life. And I don't wanna discount that. It is a huge blessing in my life. I've talked extensively about how I am forever grateful for the opportunity that Etsy has brought me as a business owner, as a person, as somebody who likes achievement and likes to do these things, you know, these entrepreneurial ventures. I am incredibly grateful for this opportunity. But I also know that at the end of the day, if it all fell apart, if all of my sales stopped, if there was nothing else happening in my Etsy shop, that doesn't mean that I don't have value as a human being and that I am a failure as a person or that I'm a failure even as a business owner, that there is that piece of internalizing that success or failure of yourself intrinsically um, intertwined with your business. And this is an extremely hard thing to do, and it has taken me a lot of years of business to be able to separate those out, to be able to say, if it all fell apart tomorrow, I'm still okay. I'm still who I am. I'm still a mother and a wife and a daughter and a friend and all of these things that have absolutely nothing to do with the success of my Etsy shop. And that is one piece, and it is a piece that I really enjoy, but it's not the only piece of my life. And I know that most of us know this, you know, deep down when you really think about it, but I want you to bring it up to the forefront to say, I'm stepping into this as an Etsy shop owner, as a business owner, as a creative. I am putting myself out there, which is hard, and it requires you to have that vulnerability, which is very hard. But if it all falls apart, or if it never takes off, or if it doesn't work out the way that you want, or as quickly as you want, or at the level that you want, it doesn't mean that it never will. It doesn't have any reflection on your value as a person. And it can always change, you know, you can always have success later on. And even if you don't have success later on, it doesn't change your value as a human being. And I want you to really take that message to heart and to know that it doesn't feel any different as a person on the other side. There's not 
it's not like I wake up every day and I'm like, you know what? I'm just an awesome person because I have lots of Etsy sales. It doesn't, there isn't this place in the future where it all comes very easily to you and you are having the success you want and all of a sudden you feel different. You don't feel any different. So this is a process of of growing and changing and embracing all of it, but as sort of my my soapbox for the day. Hopefully that is, you know, inspirational or motivational or when you're having a bad day, come back and listen to that and to know that tomorrow looks different. It may be better. It may be worse. It's not a reflection of you as a person. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I would love to hear from you if you are listening and you want to chat or if you just want to shout out and say, I love this episode, or Lauren, you're crazy. I don't think my Etsy shop is any reflection and maybe you need some therapy. Uh, you know, hit me up on Instagram, lauren.keplinger, and I would love to chat with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been an episode really from my heart, so I hope that you have enjoyed it and that it's helpful for you. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.